welcome to another episode of Leaders Talk with Lucy Del Sarto, a very good friend of mine, a member of the Rehumanization Project, which is a think tank aimed towards reducing workplace toxicity globally. Uh, of course, uh, we've been having our regular chats and meetings. Uh, Lucy is also uh, considered to be a world champion in racquetball, and at some point, you were in the top 16 worldwide. Uh, you are a two-time author, one of uh, TCOY, Take Care of Yourself. And uh, you're a corporate wellness uh, coach and advisor at TVH. And uh, where, where do you want to start? There's so much here. <laughs> Well, I, I guess what we could start with is just saying I'm just a real person. You know, it's people put so many people on a pedestal and they go, wow, they've accomplished all that. But it's it's been a, a stage for me just to through my life of how I've become a wellness coach, um, you know, from an athlete aspect is if I didn't if I wasn't healthy, I couldn't play. I couldn't make money. I couldn't get ranked. So I began doing that whole journey for myself, for my business. And then later it became a um, Takoi wellness because I was a mom, a single parent. And I said, I got to take care of me in order to take care of her. So I understand the parenting aspect of it. And then my, my full more business of Takoi and then going into TVH as a global company has been fun because um, I'm using all those tools that I gained over the years to, to show people how they can make their company successful and they have to embrace the whole wellness. It's not, uh, well, maybe I'll do this. It's no, you have to embrace wellness if you want to be successful and, and stay in business at this point. Mm -hmm. Oh, we seem to be having a problem with our LinkedIn connection for some reason. Uh, well, if anyone is not on, uh, not able to see us on LinkedIn, we are on Facebook and YouTube. Um, so the, yeah, so having that career as an athlete has been a struggle basically, because in order to make the cash, make the ends meet, like you were saying, you have to get that ranking and getting up to that top 16 made that difference for you. Absolutely. But it's also exhausting. Yeah, no, it's, I, I never say it's a problem. I say it's a challenge. So that puts the, the mindset in the right place, right? Uh, yeah. But the challenges were there. And honestly, I played uh, a lot of time in the men's divisions. Um, and so that was, again, another challenge. So it's like, it's a motivator. It's your mindset of how you go into that of saying, I've got, I've got to prepare myself. It doesn't just happen. People think success is just like you turn a, you flip a switch or something. And it's not, it's the preparation, which is interesting because um, there was a book that was out at one point called everything I needed to know. I learned in kindergarten, you know, like hold mm -hmm. your, hold hands when you cross the street, take your nap. I mean, it just gave you a whole bunch of stuff. And I wrote a poem and my book was one of my books was based off of that is, you know, everything I needed to know I learned on the court. And it's, you know, taking care of yourself, you know, you know, when you fall, fall forward because you're six feet closer to your goal, um, wow. all these things that empowers you. But it's not overnight. It's the hard work you do that nobody else sees. And it's the same thing with wellness. People get so overwhelmed because they think they're going to have to give up a lot of stuff. But it's right. really 80-20 thing. It, you don't have to have a perfect lifestyle. You know, it's basically just saying, OK, I make my choices. And, and is that worth what I want it to do? Is it just a quick fix to make me feel good? Okay, you know, if you want to have, you know, whatever the dessert or the cocktail or, you know, whatever it might be, that's okay. But just realize that shouldn't be a steady in your life. And you have to have a, a you know, a platform for yourself to 
you know, be stronger, be healthier. And, and the benefit of wellness is you get to enjoy it today and in the future. And as a mom, I've seen my daughter thriving through it now. I mean, she's almost, she's 28 right now and she's thriving in wellness. I mean, it's, it's great. She's a new mom. She's doing a lot of holistic mm -hmm. things. And so it's, it ripples out. So it's not something you have to be afraid of with wellness. People think I have to give up everything. It's like, no, you actually get to feel a lot better now and you're going to do more things. And where do you see yourself 10, 15, 20 years down the road? That's yeah. how I try to change their perspective because it's not about perfection. It's about enjoying your life and having the best quality of life that you can. Yeah. That's, it's not easy. How do you, how do you apply that to, let's say like young entrepreneurs that are just getting in and they're like, they're, they've, they've kind of embraced this insane mindset where they are ready to bootstrap to the point where they're working 24 hours. They're not really resting. Uh, uh, ha, ha, for them, you know, especially as, as let's say a startup that might be bootstrapping, they're going to be struggling to find that time to, or even the cash to hire other people to take that load off of them. And knowing when to take that break is, is not an easy thing to, to figure out. Absolutely. I agree with that completely because I was the, the on go all the time. Uh, unfortunately, what people do, and this is my wisdom, my coming back from my years of doing things is people end up sacrificing their health in order to get their wealth. And then they later spend their wealth to try to restore their health. So you've got to think about it. Okay. If, if you want to sharpen that sword a little better and you get, you know, try to find some time to sleep, even if it's nap times, um, which, you know, I, I laughed at that initially, but it's like, I, when I started really giving myself that time, I mean, we can go when we're younger, we can go with less sleep. There's no doubt. And we can eat kind of crappy, to be honest with you. But once you get into that 30s, 40s, you know, 50s, it catches up to you. So, you know, realizing number one, you know, how you eat the food that you put in your body does make a difference. And it's not a matter of, oh, I've got to eat this. It, you're you're going to feel better. You're going to have your brain's power is going to be better. You're going to be thinking better. Drinking water versus just, you know, the monster drinks or the power drinks and all this stuff. It's like you, you go up and down and you crash. So if you really want sustainability is you have to take care of yourself by the eating, what you're putting in your body, how much you're resting, you know, decompressing, detoxing and being on 24 seven, you can do it for a while, but you will crash and burn. You can't, you can't fool the body. It will catch up to you. So my wisdom is just to say, I get that we have to go hard when we're starting, but you can go way further. If you go hard with good fuel in your body, if you just take short breaks, um, breaks are important and maybe not sleeping, but just taking a break, taking a walk, taking um, walking meetings with people. People don't think of these things. It's just kind of the way my brain thinks. It's like, okay, let's go take a walk and we, we could talk about it. And you're actually working and thinking better when you're in motion. So yeah. it's, it's a whole different perspective of saying, I'm going to, I'm going to do this because it's going to be better for me today. And in the long run and, you know, sleeping, oh, man, I just can't emphasize how much our society is just, not getting enough sleep and you see all these people that are burning out so quickly because they, don't, they can't reboot it's exhausting you know and that's probably the, the biggest thing when somebody goes to the doctor is their number one complaint is i'm exhausted yeah so putting the drops and everything just goes goes down the, the drain and i actually was making this joke today with or last week with a, my business development manager 
because I was, you know, explaining my dream office is where my dream office would have a secret bed in a closet somewhere so I can lay down and get those 30 minute power nap. But then, yeah. you know, you know, the joke went on. What if someone walks in and hears someone snoring behind the behind the closet? You know, so there was right. that question mark. But for me, it's really important. I've I've always found that I'm super productive when I take those 30 minute naps uh, throughout the day. I mean, at some point, um, I mean, if you're tired enough, you can spend the remaining five hours at work, but you're not going to be productive at all. Right. It's the old 80, 20 percent, you know, rule that, you know, you get 80 percent of the stuff done 20 percent of the time when it comes push to shove. But man, if you're you're fueled and you're sleeping right, it's just great. I mean, ironically, I just got a, um, rescued a puppy and it brought me right back to that young parent type stage of, you know, when you're sleep deprived because, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're checking on it, you're doing this. And it's like, wow, I forgot, you know, how much this demands on you. And yeah. It's, it's just you got to go back and look at that and just see it from somebody else's perspective sometimes because you're too close to your own. You go, I've got to get this done. I've got to get it done. And and with the workouts, to me, it is that. It's the, the phrase of I've got to go work out. And people think, oh, yeah, it's usually I got to go work out. Like they don't want to. And I'm like, oh, no, it's I've got to go work out because that's what's going to make me stronger, faster, you know, clearer mind. And I have to. And once you get to that point, um, you know, it might take you a month to really engage in that. It's been my whole life, so it's natural for me. But some people who maybe just think, oh, you know, I've got to go work out. And I'm thinking, no, you want to change that perspective. It's like on Mondays. Okay, a lot of people hate Mondays. I'm like, oh, no, Mondays is my favorite day. I, I always plan something Mondays that I really love to do. I go play two, two hours of racquetball every Monday night. You know, it's just yeah. I make it that way so that your perspective changes. Don't start hating a day. You know, start planning something on that day that you're going to like it. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I'm the kind of person where when I need to, when I feel the urge to go to the gym, if I don't go, I'm not going at all mm -hmm. at that time. So, I mean, I know that also when I'm at the gym, I come up with, with, with a lot of my best ideas when I'm at the gym. I come mm -hmm. up and then I come back and if I can implement them immediately, then I'm golden. But if I sit on it and wait on it and then sleep on it, I forget about it. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to walk around with a notebook, notepad at the gym. I mean, that's not practical in any way, uh, neither for my performance at the gym nor for <laughs> you right. know, taking that time to write uh, down these ideas. But uh, you, 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 you've mentioned that, you know, there's, there's a technology aspect and a convenience aspect here uh, mm -hmm. in terms of that health and wellness in the workplace. So, like, how would we loop that in here? Well, convenience is, let's just talk about the whole computer and technology aspect is, you know, we've become people that just sit a lot of times. We weren't designed to sit. We we're meant to be moving. So technology, as great as it is, it gives us access to the whole world, is I look around and a lot of people sit probably 90% of their day. And that's huge. I mean, they call it, you know, sitting is the new smoking is what they say. That's, that's how dangerous it is to your health. So what's really cool at um, TBH, we have the stand-up desk. So you can stand a little bit, you can sit, you know, all these different, so it, it moves, you know, during the day. And I love it. I actually, I don't sit in a chair ever. I usually sit on a, um, a ball, a stability ball. And the reason why I do that is because you're actually working your core for balance and, you know, it's moving your feet. You can be stretching, different things like that. So it's just, again, it's a perspective that I have of how can I make this better instead of just doing status quo. Well, people get 
a lot of issues with, you know, their lower back or their neck, and it could be just they're sitting too long. So thinking of, at, you know, at your workplace, you know, can you get a, a stand-up desk or one that goes on your desk that you can move up and down, you know, possibly maybe sitting on a stability yeah. ball or, yeah. you know, as you're doing those things of, you know, just stretching, you know, a little bit, people don't even think of the fact that they've got to stay focused, but you need to take your eyes off the screen a little bit and just look farther away for, you know, 20 seconds. And that could help alleviate a lot of headaches. So it's just little bitty things like that. Technology is wonderful, but we've got to sit there and embrace the fact that, you know, we're getting headaches. Okay. That's looking at the screen too long. Take away, look away, maybe just do some stretching. You can do this when you're actually on a call or talk, you can stand up shoulders, you know, you can do your, your knuckles and your face because people have carpal tunnel because they're using the mouse all the time. Just take the breaks when you're talking to somebody. It just becomes yeah. part of your lifestyle. And it has to be. Uh, you have to make it that way. Otherwise, you just start to get stiff in the neck. And then how many times, I mean, I think anyone, everyone can relate to this. It's like when you've been sitting down with a laptop too long, and then, you, and then you get home at the end of the day or you step away from it, you realize that you have a really stiff muscle here creating some neck pain. Uh, and I've had it. I know my wife, who's a graphic designer, has had it many times, mm-hmm. and it's it's really painful. Right? <laughs> I, I've also, at some point, you know, here in the Middle East, there's there's this kind of you have to be super professional. Like it's it's still very much suit and tie. I mean, it's moving towards more of a casual work environment, especially amongst the startup community here. Uh, but for me, I've always wanted to like be able to just. You know get down and do 20 30 push-ups mm-hmm. um but then there's that kind of professionalism stigma surrounding it where you know it's not professional to be doing push-ups or pull-ups or have a you know a speed bag in your office which yeah. i would love to do you know yeah and, uh, <laughs> and just to get my mind off of it or maybe even think something through on the speed bag and then get back and, and get back to work and i mean i i, I i'm curious as to would that be something that I could do in, in my office? Absolutely. And and that's what I try to, to emphasize to people is it's the little nuggets. It's the daily choices, little things that you can do. So for example, you know, we're looking at like even like a one minute or two minute type break. Um, I, I do these challenges and I did um, a couple of ones that you might be interested in. Number one was a plank challenge. All right. Mm-hmm. So it was a global and everybody at that particular day got on the ground and did a plank and it had to be anywhere from 15 seconds, 30 seconds to the, you know, go for the longest plank. And, um, you know, that doesn't take any time. If you if you don't think a minute, you know, is a long time, just go ahead and plank right now and get a good, good, good form, flat plank. You're going to fill that baby. <laughs> and, yeah. and I tell people, well, what if our meetings were um, done when everybody was planking? Those would be the shortest meetings ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, think about how many times we, 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 how many, how much time we waste doing these presentations and then uh, all these weird buffers. But I mean, I think if you're put into that high stress situation, you're going to be in a hurry to make get your point across. Exactly. And actually, your your organization will end up being way more effective in terms of communication. It does, and plus, it brings a camaraderie. Um, one of the yeah. things that I have really noticed in the last couple of years with the whole COVID going on is in the halls or in, in just in society in general is the laughter. The laughter has gone down so much. Even you don't even see comedians hardly anymore. Everyone's walking on eggshells. So, you know, that is, that is to me, the best RX is just laughter. And I laugh all the time, whether it's at myself or situations with the dog or, I mean, it's just, it's gotta be part of my life and laughter. You can't be angry and laughing at the same time. Just can't happen. 
So I try to tell people again, when you do your meetings, number one, maybe do a stretch break in between or at the start and then use a little uh, laughter in somewhere in there. And, and it's, it, it breaks the ice and makes people open to new ideas. I mean, you know, Dave in our creative group is like that, you know, he's super good that he's so creative, but it's like, he doesn't have this frown on his face. He's smiling and laughing, laughing and just joyful. And, and people love it. It's contagious, right? You hear a laugh, you hear it once a chuckle and you kind of, but if it keeps going, you start laughing just because you're mirroring their image. So that is a health thing. People don't even think about when I, they say, Oh, you're a health and wellness coach, diet and exercise, diet and exercise. Like, Okay, that's part of it, but let's talk about the stuff we really need to get into because it's not work and then life, uh, home life. It's two things. Okay, it's not. It's blended. You bring to, you're from what's at work, home, and you take what's at home to work. You're blending the two, so yeah. you better learn how to you know adapt and how can you improve those situations. And you know, it. I think that sometimes the, the Zoom calls has made people more. Um, aware of people being people you know you see the kid or dog in the background or something like that and it when we chuckle about it or we go yeah i can relate to that so it's brought us together a little bit because the home unit does come into play at work no matter what you're saying it's like you can act and you have this face on but it's like they're they're coming to work walking through those doors and they're thinking about something you know how am i going to be able to get to the the kids to soccer tonight how am i going to do that and the more compassion and empathy you have the better that relationship is going to be. And who doesn't like to have a strong relationship with your, you know, coworkers or your boss so that you can actually be real instead of feel like I'm walking on eggshells, you know, what's going to well, happen. You have to pretend to be someone you're not as well. Right. Yeah. That's just exhausting in itself. Yeah. Uh, and then I think, like you said, I mean, even before COVID, it's not like we didn't have our families to go home to or our family problems aside from our friends, you know, and, and work problems, you know? So, it was just a, a matter of out of sight, out of mind. And I felt like, I think that brought a lot of insensitivity to the workplace uh, in terms of like, I got to go. My kid just got in a fight at school, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, you, you would have a boss that would say, no, you know, like work comes first. But had, had he met the kid, had he seen the problems or listened to those problems or seen them at least on a Zoom call, for example, today? you would have a little bit more of an empathetic response. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's not it's not always so uh, uh, cut and dry as, as, it, as it used to seem to be, which it still wasn't, though. Right. Yeah. No, it's it's so true. I mean, everybody, everybody love, wants respect and to be seen. I mean, that's what a human is. We want connection. And, you know, now when I walk around at work, because it's so different, you know, when you had the mask on, you couldn't see people's faces and, you know, just their eyes, but you can, you can kind of, you know, give some information, you know, with a, a wink or a smile or something like that. But I always would like look at them with my eyes and, and point to them. Like, I see you, I see you. And then I'd give, do a thumbs up and then they do back. So you just adapt like that. So, you know, if you're in, walking through the warehouse, it's noisy too. So a lot of times they couldn't hear me anyhow. So I would always just stop and I make a point of, of seeing them. And I, I can't emphasize enough, whether you are the employee or the employer is see your people, see your people. Don't walk with your head down in the phone or or just going from point A to point B. You pass four people. You should be saying hello to them. Just nod ahead, something. That's the connection you want. You don't get a connection by putting out an email or a flyer. You get it from the human connection and they will remember that either that you didn't acknowledge them or that you did. Yeah. Yeah. And that's completely true because I've, I've seen this, 
kind of situation where you know we're we're very hesitant to look at each other in general uh, as a generation um, you know this, this especially this new this generation z so like you know you, you've grown up on on phones you, they've grown up on i mean even me I'm, I'm somewhere caught in the middle between you know boomers and you know so i I've, I've lived a little bit of both where we had that you know landline going on with the rotator and <laughs> <laughs> and I've also lived where we have that, that and very annoying noise from the modem. So I've, I've lived where, you know, even though we did have that technology, it wasn't ready for us yet. So right. I was still out getting my hands dirty and looking at people face to face and having that uh, exposure in terms of uh, interpersonal connection and, and, and building real bonds and relationships. Um, Although I do see the occasional person from that from that new this new generation coming up and just really booming. I mean, I know my brother-in-law is just standing out across the you know across the field, and he's he knows what he wants, and he's I think I feel like he's known what he wants since he was five years old because he's way far ahead of everyone else, and it's it's incredible yeah. to see that. So because of all that tech availability, he's developed himself. He's reached beyond what most people would think is possible. And uh, and it's incredible to see the progress that he's made in such a short time because of the tech. But he's also really worked hard on that interpersonal connection. And he knows how to look at someone straight in the eyes and have that conversation, you know, as an adult, you know, and, and that even if he might not get it, he at least expresses some sense of understanding, which is all we really do. All anyone ever really does is we don't no one can can you know, claim to understand programming deep to its deepest core, you know, but we can get the, the gist of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just like if it's a call center, you know, I've seen people that do that and they actually answer the phone with a smile on their face. You know, even just doing that, it sets their yeah. mindset up instead of like, you know, here I am doing another call. You can actually see the smile. When I, when I call somebody, um, if it's for customer service and the person always says their name, right. And I go, Oh, Rita, how you doing today? Great, yeah. And I said, I bet you're not used to somebody asking how you're doing. Just think of that ripple effect that you can create when people always think, well, somebody else will do it. You know, it's like, no, it's up to us to set that as well. And you set that tone and other people catch it. We're the mentors for the mentees to going out there and sharing it. And yeah. you know, the technology is great because it gets us a lot of stuff, but we got to remember like social media really isn't social, it's one-sided. You're, it's not always a conversation yeah. or something. Yeah. It's not like the conversation you and I are having right now where, you know, you can jump in and say something I can say and we, we can agree to disagree. Oh my gosh. You know, social media is just, it's kind of like the, the junior high, you know, dance sometimes you're over here and I'm over here and no one's communicating. And I'm like, oh, it's, just, it's just, it's just a thousand different monologues. That's all it yes, is. You know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's where, you know, again, that is wellness. It's mental health. I mean, people need to be seen and heard and appreciate it. And, and there's so much bullying going on. I mean, I feel for the people that have children that are teenagers or, you know, in-betweens and stuff like that, because they're dealing with, you know, this computer that if they have a phone, do these parents allow the kids to take it into their bedroom and they can talk and, and just, it's nonstop. It's 24 seven, that's mental health. And that goes yeah. right back from the child into the parent who's worrying about it, who goes to work and he's worrying about what's going to happen. But, you know, it's, it, it's all one big unit. We have to put some guidelines out there for people um, to just shut off. I mean, to disconnect. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think Simon Sinek had said it, you know, uh, I, my, my dad shared this video with us. And he basically said, it's okay to say no. You know, you don't have to say yes to every single time that, you know, your kid wants a phone. You can, you're the parent. You have the right to say no. <laughs> but then, you know, the problem is like, you, you, I agree with him for sure. But at the same time, you're dealing with it with what is effectively addiction. Mm -hmm. um, every time you, you play a game, it's designed to create those endorphins, that endorphin rush, which is the same as smoking a cigarette or the same as, you know, just going for a jog. You want more and more and you start to yep. go down in your endorphins. You want it to go back yep. up. It's a dopamine rush, right? It's a dopamine rush. So, I yep. mean, the longer that kid stays away, he's going to go through withdrawal symptoms. Mm -hmm. So, so it's not as simple as, you know, uh, of course, Mr. Simon Sinek said, but, mm -hmm. you know, it, at some point, we need to control this addiction, and it's an addiction that not just kids are, are. Yeah, it's yeah. not just kids that are prone to. I mean, just looking at work when you go through, whether it's somebody at their uh, desk checking a message, you know, it's stimulated because they have to check because you know it might be somebody, it might be somebody calling me. I have to take this, and okay, why don't I actually have this thing, which is I love this. This is called the. The, uh, the silent pocket and I put my phone in there and it takes me off the grid completely and, it's, and I put a message in there I'm, I don't have my phone right now I'll get back to you when I can because we want that 24 you know we gotta have a reply right away so I put it in there they can't trace me they can't track me they're not going to get advertising from me from listening to me talk I mean how many times I talk about weight and I get all these ads on my phone about weight loss it cracks me up you don't think they're listening <laughs> but it's like you need to disconnect and it's okay if they need to reach you they can but we're living overstimulated. And again, that goes right back to that sleep factor. And then you got stress and, and you know, stress is causing not only, you know, the, the physical, but it's causing the mental, you know, mental stress on us. And we don't realize it until we're way past the, the point of, uh, you know, bandaging effect. Like a lot of people, well, I just need to take something to give me energy, like the monster drink, or I need something to calm me down. It's like, we don't self-soothe. We don't take the time to take that breathing. And that's another thing. Just, meditation, mindfulness, people thought that was just a buzzword, you know, now it's like all over the place, but it's not sitting in a, a Zen position and going, hum, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I learned. This is like 40 years ago. I learned it on the racquetball court is because I just finished a rally. I got a bad call and I had to go back and get ready for the next, you know, rally. You can't be thinking about what just happened and holding that because it's going to affect what you do next. And that's true in life. You know, if you're just thinking, well, that was really rude of that person to say such and such, or they didn't have gone. And, and you're holding on to it and you're missing on what's coming up next. Mm -hmm. So see, all this plays into our life. And it's not just, you know, if you don't learn the lesson, you're going to repeat it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that's very true. Mm -hmm. So I've learned the lesson is like, ooh, that was a trigger. Why did that get to me? And, and look at it and go, oh, okay. Take a moment, take a pause. And no one's going to know any difference if you're sitting there taking deep breaths while you're on a Zoom call or you're in a meeting. You're doing that for you. You're taking care of you. Just a deep breath in, hold it, relax. It's not, you know, granted, you may want to go hit that punching bag that you were talking about, Leith, but you don't have to do that, but you could later. But right now you yeah. could almost visualize in your mind. And that, again, is what I did as an athlete is I brought that whole thing into the whole wellness arena of saying, hmm, you, you control your mind thoughts. And you have, you know, 60 to 80,000 a day. I mean, I don't know who counted those, but you know, they're going all the time, you know, squirrel, what was that about? You know, I forget. Okay. Yeah. So we got, we got all these thoughts going in inside our mind, but we control them. And if it's something that's not making things better for you, let it go. Okay. Yeah. Just, oh, I don't need that. 
And, and, and it's got to be a process. I mean, it sounds like the frozen, let it go, let it go, whatever. Okay. But it's not, <laughs> <laughs> you've got to make it real, really understanding. I'm feeding that. What am I feeding? The negative or the positive? It's so much easier to grab hold and hang on to the negative. That's what we do as humans, you know, and how much more negative is out there, you know? So be the difference, make the difference and go out there and see, hmm, what if I did, you know, RAK, random acts of kindness? You don't do it to get a, a recognition. I mean, you might at the beginning think, okay, I'm going to do this. Lucy was talking about this rack stuff. What is random acts of kindness? Well, just hold the door for somebody and then let it go. Don't wait for them to say, thank you. That was really nice of you, which would be great. We all like to have somebody say that, but you're doing it for yourself because you're giving. And that is the gratitude where, again, the laughter we're missing, the gratitude. We're looking at, oh, look at everything that's wrong. Look at this problem. Look at this problem. No. Okay. Be grateful for what you have. There's always somebody better off and there's always somebody worse off. Where are you going to live your life? You know, mental health is definitely a big part of saying I'm, I'm content where I'm at. I will continue to grow, but I'm not going to be a whiner because that doesn't do any good. If you've ever noticed the people that whine a lot are usually those that get sick a lot. Yeah. yeah because it's toxic. They, yeah. Uh, they, they bring in those cortisol levels to themselves. Uh, yeah. And, and it creates that, that cancerous style, you know, can, you know, your body's cannibalizing itself just from the, just from, from all that negativity that you're just accumulating without realizing it. Exactly. Yeah. And people, when we talk about, you know, a toxic work environment situation, it's like that is from top to bottom. We have to work on that and, and try to make it, you know, better. How do we do that? Well, you do that with simple things like, you know, the gratitude, the, the, the smiles, the laughter, you know, what can you give back without expecting and, and give an attaboy girl. Don't just always be trying to climb the ladder and, and stepping on people when you're getting there. My goodness. Yeah. How about giving your kudos to a, a, a coworker? I mean, it's like when I, yeah. again, going back to the athletic part is like you're on a team, you know, basketball team and somebody makes you, you assist, you give the pass off, they make it and you come back and you give them a high five. You know, it's a team effort. And that's, what's gotten so far away is, we don't have well, these relationships well, as much. You, I think you just hit a nail on the head there because, I mean, you, you just said in sports, when you're playing basketball and you do an assist mm -hmm. as a player, you just got points for that assist in terms of your, your, your value on the team. Yeah. Right. The problem is that organizations don't give rewards for assists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? So when you look at an organization, you need to incentivize those assists those people coming in and doing above what is expected to them to make sure someone else is shining. Exactly. Right? And that creates a culture where I'm okay to share credit with someone else, mm -hmm. you know, and, and rather than keep it all to myself, be afraid, don't share this information with anyone. And, and that, that's what's creating that toxicity is it's single handed awards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just as important to to recognize those that are doing the assisting, um, and that person will never forget. I mean, they may need to learn some, you know, gratitude themselves about how that person helped them. I'm going to say there are some people that would take it and run with it as if it was their idea and everything else, mm -hmm. but they will not forget that that person took care of them. We don't forget how somebody made us feel, and if you made somebody feel important and you took the time to look at them and listen to them, those are the things that really build a culture in a in a work or in a family. You know, it's like, it's not do it because I said so. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is this is going to be something that we we improve on and we keep working toward. It's not a one and done. It's continuous. 
but it's a group effort. It's the team bringing sports. Like I said, it, sports reveals your character. It doesn't give you character. It tells you what kind of person you are. Right, right. And I mean, I mean another thing that is that, you know, like, uh, you know, you, you'd mentioned that uh, employers have to be proactive. And I think also, you know, you don't need to be the employer to be proactive as well. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, we can all take it amongst ourselves to, to, to take that responsibility and make recommendations to the employers because they might be blind to it. They might be completely oblivious to it. And, and sometimes they need help and they're not going to admit it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, we have to be the leader that we want to see. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, integrity is doing the right thing even when no one's looking, mm -hmm. you know, and it may be the employee doing it and they, they get word of it. it comes back to, you know, the manager, the director, or the owner of the company of like, wow, I heard you did this, you know, and they may never even call you out, but they're watching and they're seeing, and maybe they're learning. I can't tell you as a coach for many decades is it's, it's, it's nice to be a wellness coach when you're in your twenties, but it's great to be when you're almost 60 because people go, she's doing something that's working. And it's like, come, people come back to me. Sometimes it's 10 years, even 15, maybe even 20 years later. Are you still doing that wellness? Because I, I, I follow you on LinkedIn or I see what you do. And it's like, it's obviously you live this. And I go, yeah, and you just got to start somewhere. It's not just one and done. It's it's a lifestyle. You've got to embrace it and you have to have a different perspective on things. You can't just, you know, do what, if you continue to do what everybody's doing, you're going to get what everybody's getting. All right. So what do we have right now? We have a lot of people that are unhealthy, sick, depressed, anxious, you know, dealing with all kinds of issues. All right. We'll do what everyone else is doing. Eat the crap food. Don't work out. Don't have relationships. Don't work on yourself. Okay, that's easy to do. To rise above is just as easy to do too. You just have to choose to. It's like a frown or a smile. I'm choosing to do this. It's my choice. And when I do that, I'm not only improving myself, but the others around me and my family and my work, my coworkers. I mean, it's so contagious. It's amazing. People just, they thrive when they're in a state of gratitude and kindness and action and laughter. It's, it's like the 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 wolf and the dog you know which one's going to win you know they're fighting at each other well which one are you feeding yeah. feed the one you want and that could be anybody from the employee to the employer and they're they're all going to benefit from it so be the leader why not it's it's all about behavior conditioning i mean when you start i mean i think my, my brother told this to me really early on when i when i went through my weight loss journey when i, I lost 57 kilograms uh, at some point, which is over a hundred pounds, wow. uh, over 120 pounds, maybe. And, and when I started losing that weight and I started feeling good about myself, my brother sat me down and he goes, Hey, so this good habit is going to lead you to your next good habit. Mm -hmm. And instead of resisting it, just go with the weights. And when I did, I started losing weight, started getting energetic. I started eating better. Um, you know, even, even, you know, my, my consumption of, of my own vices had, uh, significantly reduced and, and uh, then I started thinking beyond it and I started looking at my own mental health my own self-development my own awareness on reality versus my limited perspective mm -hmm. and that created a further sense of empathy when when I look at you and I and I understand or at least try to understand your perspective on let's say this conversation mm -hmm. uh, I have that empathetic feeling towards you that there's a genuine attachment here there's a genuine sense of understanding that when people are not working on developing themselves or losing weight or or whatever it might be psychologically physically spiritually 
when you're not developing yourself, your perspective of the world is always going to be limited in that Facebook monologue that we were talking about earlier. It's very you and not so much what is reality suggesting. Yeah. We already know what we are. It's how much can you learn from other people? You know, that's, I, I just like, I love listening to all the different generations too, whether it's the, the new 18, 20 year olds at work, or if it's the somebody who seasons more, you know, it's like, I love, and I just engage and, and, and take this too, is how many books have people read in the, since they graduated high school? I mean, a lot of people, once they're out of high school, they don't read anymore. They mm -hmm. go, well, I got the news. I got it off the news. I'm like, well, okay, there's, there's five major corporations that own most of mainstream media. So you're getting that same narrative. All right. Do you want to think for yourself or have somebody tell you what to think? So reading is another thing that just technology is great. I love it. But sometimes, um, you know, I used to ask questions. What is this? Now you just go to Google. What if you have a conversation with somebody opens into something else and blah, blah, blah. But right. reading for Pete's sake that you can go explore and, 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 and your mind can go somewhere else instead of what somebody's programming you to think. And, um, right. and yeah. Yeah, but even even in, in, in the standard practices of, of managing conflict within HR practices mm -hmm. is to get, gather as many different perspectives regarding a specific area of conflict as possible. So you get down to the facts. Right. And, and it's the same with news. It's the same with, you know, gaining a, a bigger perspective on the world, a bigger perspective in your social circle, mm -hmm. um, in your business, especially. I mean, gaining that perspective in your business involves, you know, getting the perspective of the consumer, of uh, your boss, uh, of your financial capabilities and restrictions. Uh, and, and once you have it all together, that's when we can start being innovative and becoming our true self, in my opinion. But, mm -hmm. but when we limit ourselves to our own perspective, we're always going to be restricted uh, towards uh, doing what we're told to do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just it's really fun when you start looking at how you can grow yourself because it's a it's a lifelong journey. You can keep learning yes. more and more. And sometimes you're not ready to do it. So you, you do something else and then you come back around. But like I said, if you don't learn the lesson, you're going to keep repeating it. Right. So, you know, the fact that like your weight loss, I mean, that was like extraordinary to the point where that changed your life, not just for the weight, but how you looked at everything. Because now you're empowered. And, you know, if you make a mistake, own it and go to the next one. Now you're stronger and people will respect that because you stood up and said, okay, you know, I, I need, I, I made a mistake. I want to make it right instead of trying to hide it. And that's yeah. where the toxicity comes into, you know, our world. Yeah. And it comes into us too because we feel guilty because we did that. You know, it's just like, no, we're humans. We make errors. You know, yeah. it's, it's not a computer. And, and I don't but know. That, I just that, relationships. That. Covering up those mistakes, especially in the work environment, you're going to be going to the office every single day and facing that, like maybe no one else sees that bump in the rug that you sweep the problem under, right? But mm -hmm. you're going to see it every single day and that guilt is going to eat you alive. Right. Right? And and it's not, and from my perspective, you know, in Spartan at least, and, and my own uh, uh you know, investments and, and stuff like that. We have a culture of own your mistake, not so that way you can be penalized, but so we can work on it together. You can learn from the mistake and we can, and that learning can be distributed to the rest of the team. Yeah. You know, because making a mistake once is fine, but if we're yeah. not going to learn from it and we can't learn from it, if it's under a rug. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, again, it goes back to the athletic part. You know, it's like, you know, coaches look back at the films of those games and they see what they, you know, how they can improve it. And, yeah. and, and it wasn't always that one play that made the difference. It's what led up to that play. So you just got to keep thinking, what can I do to make myself better? Better? What can I do to make society better? What can I make work better? It's like, it's an improvement process. And the more that one person does it, it's going to become contagious and the next person's going to do it. And, and, and you don't need the attaboy, girl, which is great to get, but it's like, you know, with yourself that you're being better. It's like the, the butterfly coming out the, out of the cocoon, you know, you struggled, you struggled, you struggled. If somebody opened that cocoon for that person, that per that butterfly is not going to be as strong. It may die, but you have yeah. struggles in your life. We all do. And that's the big facade is people think, well, they have it so easy. And it's like, oh my gosh, no, nobody has it easy. We all have different struggles. Don't look at no. what's on my plate, you know, deal with what's on yours and help people if you can. And that empowers you. So that's the whole wellness that I try to get to people is like, it's not just diet and exercise. It's the mental health, the physical health. I mean, you've got to go through struggles to become a better person. And what, what you can do is you can help somebody else when you've gone through that struggle and say, I've been there, you know, that empathy, you know, again, compassion. So is, is TCOY take care of yourself? Is the theory surrounding that take care of yourself by taking care of others? Well, you have to put the oxygen mask on you first. Okay. And I'm going to say this because, you know, when I really, really developed that was when I was a single parent. And it's like, I, it was really hard for me to ask for help. It's just because I'm a driver. I get things done. I can do this. And it's like, no, you can't, you know, there's only so much you can do. And there's th like in our world, there's so much that's out of our control, but I can do things within my hula hoop. What's around me. I can take care of that. I can take care of me. I can take, make sure I get my rest. I eat well, you know, I have these conversations, you know, with my daughters to build relationships and stuff like that. So Takoi came about because it's what, I did to put my oxygen mask on me because I knew I had to take care of her. It was, it was up to me. And then I started seeing it as a playbook for everybody where I actually created it into a 40 week program um, in the sense that every week I would go over a certain topic. And that the thing for it being 40 weeks is it takes 40 weeks to create a healthy baby, right? Well, it takes 40 weeks to create your healthy body, mind, spirit, and soul. And so that's all I've done is I've taken it and I just, you know, added those things. So it's a playbook for other people to understand. And then I took it into the corporation world because again, it's, it's not just do a walking challenge and you've done a wellness program. That's not it. I mean, some people don't even ever want to walk. Okay, I, I'm very diversified in what I do with my wellness program. You know, I have all kinds of different things. Gardening might be something, somebody that appeals to another and, you know, somebody else saying, no, nah, I don't want to do that. I mean, just so different. Everybody is unique. So Takoy is understanding what you need to be the best version of you. And you need relationships. You need to be real and just say, I need rest and say no. Sometimes you need, you know, to surround yourself with a tribe of people that think like you and people that force you to grow, you know, be a mentor, be a mentee. You know, there's all kinds of stuff. So it's not just a one and done with wellness. And that's the hard part is people think I can't do it. Yes, you can. You just got to get started. You just have to take mm -hmm. that first step. I have a mantra besides the Takoy, I use DCM, which daily choices matter. Okay. Your choices become your habits, which become your lifestyle. It's not one time eating fast food. That's going to kill you. But if you made that a daily choice for 30 years, it's definitely going to impact your health. Yeah. So those daily choices, you choosing what you eat, how you work out your relationships, 
how you think to yourself. Self-talk is just as much as, you know, what other people say to you. What are you holding on to? Have you held on to somebody who said something to you? You know, uh, you know, you're, you're not good at math. You'll never do anything. You're, when you were in, in sixth grade, are you holding on to that? I mean, seriously, it's like, no, I got in trouble for talking too much. Look at me. I became a speaker. Huh? Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can associate with some of those situations, but eventually I, I, I try to make it a point where when I do calm down or when I do manage to muster up the, the courage to take the first step and, and you know, deliver that, that olive branch, uh, it, it always just takes a load of, of stress yeah. off and I can feel the difference when I, you know, deliver the olive branch and it works out because it is that alone, carrying that weight and that resentment around is so uh, self-destructive. You know, I'll give you a visual on that. So a water bottle, okay. I have a big one. Oh, I don't know if you can see it there. Right okay. So I would ask somebody, how much does this weigh? You know, just a random question, but I'm in an audience. I'd say, how much? And you'd get anything from, I don't know, 16 ounces, you know, this or that. And I'm like, well, the answer is how long did you hold it? So if you held on to this for, you know, a couple minutes, no big deal. But you hold on to this for like hours, days. It becomes so heavy, you can't even hold on to it. So again, what are you telling yourself when you just hold on to negative stuff or something somebody said who probably didn't even remember saying it now, but you've held on to it because it, it was a, a trigger for you because you felt inside like, well, maybe I am not qualified to do this. You know, and that person mm -hmm. said that. That person doesn't know you. Okay, let's go prove them wrong. You, know, you, mm -hmm. you need to take care of you so that you can be better for other people. So yeah, it's for me, but it's also what I give back to society. And that is my, my purpose and my passion is I want to make a difference so I can teach people how to be the best version of themselves. Because it's awesome. It's the rippling effect. You don't know how amazing you are. That's why people do not know that. And they need to be, you know, fed. You're amazing. You know, just to say that to somebody, it's like, you're awesome. You know, I appreciate you. That may be the only positive thing they get that day. Sure. And that could be anybody from work when you go to the grocery store or whatever and just, you know, take that moment and it's just like, you might have just breathed life into that person because you don't know where they're at. And I guarantee you right now, people are dealing with the full load right now. Yeah. Yeah. People are stressed. And yeah. it's, it's not, I mean, there are so many people that are struggling to find work now, um, especially the people that did not study computer programming or mm -hmm. digital marketing or uh, software engineering. So all the, I mean, all, all the, the people who study traditional trade, uh, are, are, are probably struggling the most today because mm -hmm. it's all become online. It's all become digital. And yeah. uh, that's where the job opportunities are today. Yeah. And, you know, after investing all that into university degrees and, and specialization and, and so many different things, you're, 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 faced, you're facing a market that no longer values it the way it used to. Yeah, I did a, um, a podcast once with the job marketing group and I told them, I said, you know, the best thing you could possibly do is you're, you're looking for work is, is take care of yourself because mm -hmm. that person will see that. It, it, I mean, the way you look and the way you carry yourself, you know, it's like it's so easy for depression and anxieties to set in. But when you're working out, that's the positive fuel you're giving to your body. And just, you know, before you get on that Zoom call or whatever the interview is, you know, look at yourself and give yourself a pep talk. 
I can do this. I've done this. I will be able mm -hmm. to do this. I'm worthy of this. Yeah. yeah. And just that self-talk is powerful and people aren't doing it because they feel like, yeah, but I've been out of school so long or now they don't do this. And uh, you can see the heaviness of their shoulders. And here's how they come into the interview yeah. like this. I'm like, oh, heck no. I'm a rock star. I can do this. I've done this before. I'm going to do it. may not be there, but you, you've got it in you. You've got it in you. You've done it before. And don't, don't let the naysayers and the sand crabs pull you down. Get those shoulders back and just say, yeah, I can do this. I can. And yeah. I know people, they, they fear it because, I mean, I've been lower than a pregnant aunt to the ground. Man, I was low. Yeah. I mean, I went through a divorce. I had to start over at a movement. It's like, what am I going to do? And it's like, I just had my faith and I pulled myself up by the bootstraps. And I said, I can do this. I've done it before and I will do it again. And you keep saying that to yourself day in and day out. And that's the self-talk you need to hear. Right. Right. I, mean, I, I, I personally listen to uh, Motiversity, uh, which is a YouTube channel, but they also have some stuff on, on Apple Music. And I mean, it might not work for everyone. It might not be everyone's motivational thing. But for me, it's, it's basically like a football coach yelling in my ear uh, to just get me out of bed, to get me to get dressed, to, to bring back my confidence even after a long, hard day. And I need to know that I need to hear it. I need to hear someone telling me that if I don't get up, it's not going to get done. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it makes a difference for me. Um, some people, you know, everyone deals with it in their own way. Uh, for me, uh, having that coach, you know, the pocket coach with my earphones sure. works for me. <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's different types of coaching too. I mean, I, I've been coaching since 81 and my whole thing is I, I, I get to the person. I see the positive that they're doing. Okay. Let's just say I'm, I'm doing a, a, a forehand or backhand lesson. And it's like, I have had so many people come to me because the co the coaches they went to was, well, you've, you're doing this all wrong. You've got to, and you've got to change. You can't take something that somebody has done all their life and say, or however long they've been playing or in life, you know, if you're trying to change something, you just say, you've got to do it this way. Well, change is hard. I mean, just try parting your hair on the opposite side one day and just feel like oh, it's yeah. awkward, you know? But, uh, I tried the other day and it looked good, but I, I couldn't, <laughs> my brain couldn't process it. Exactly. Right. It's like, yeah. so I give yeah. this a, analogy is it, it just put your hands together like this and whatever thumb was on top, make it so that it's on the other side and it's going to feel uncomfortable and it's like painful, but it's like, that's not how I hold my hands. I, I do it the other no. way. You want to go back to it. Right. It feels, so, it feels like holding slime. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to throw it out there for people is like, if you're going through a change right now, just cross your hands that way and just go, Okay, it's uncomfortable. That's the reminder. It's going to feel uncomfortable because it's different. I'm doing something different. You know, mm -hmm. whether it's going from a negative personality to more of a positive or, you know, you're changing a job or you're trying to, you know, whatever it might be, just put their hands like that and go, mm -hmm, that's what she told me. It's going to feel weird. Okay, it's feeling very weird. I really want to go back to this way because I know how I can handle that. Right. That's not where I want it to be. I want to be here. So it's going to be uncomfortable to the point mm -hmm. where, you know, it's going to become, it's neutral. I mean, I'm ambidextrous and it's really fun to be that way because I can play and teach both hands. And it's like, so I can remember, I can't play as good left-handed, but I can do it, but it's not as good because I spent more time on my right hand. So you're just right. learning a new habit. And when you learn those habits, they're not going to feel comfortable. You're going to feel very much like you want to go back to the back and say, oh, I want to do this old way again. But right. You don't, you know, that's why they make kindergarten chairs small because they're for small people. You're growing. So now you need a big chair. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, uh, I, I think I'm going to open up to Q&A while we continue. Uh, one last uh, thing is that I, I had a question because I remember you, you, you did a, a um, you, you know what I'm talking about? You did the, the, the activity with, with TBH where, the the, yeah, yeah. Can, you, can, can you tell me about that? Yeah. So again, I try to do um, two times a year, uh, a global challenge for the entire um, TBH employee group. And we started it with the plank challenge, which is really good for your core. And then I, I've done the wall sit, which is good. We've done the cardio dance shuffle where you're boxing, you know, so you get your legs going. But one that was really good was just the flamingo challenge where you stand on one foot and, you know, you can stand like a flamingo and you're balancing yourself. And it's really funny because you're usually better on one foot than the other. Right. And so it's just a balance thing. And it's just to see how long you can hold it. Can you hold it for two seconds, 10 seconds, 30 seconds, whatever. And what we did is the, the fun of it was we had flamingos throughout the, the building and people were standing, we're taking pictures. We did a video and the laughter was throughout the halls and the warehouse before having such a great time. And it's like, ah, you know, it's just like people went ah, and they let the stress out and they had a good time. So again, yeah. was it an exercise? Yes. It's short, simple, sustainable. And it brought in a complete different perspective for the day. People just had fun. And, you know, that's, that's the key is you want to have a, a, a different perspective. And I would say this too, with companies, you know, they're doing so many things that, um, you know, are good, but you want to really look at it as a proactive, not a reactive. So when you offer insurance and 401ks, those are wonderful. We have to have that. That's great. But there's so many people that right now today, they can't even see past the week. Yeah. It's not just financial. I mean, I, no. I remember. I remember. I, 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 we've worked with a couple of clients and places that I've worked with as HR. When I start talking about employer benefits, they immediately go straight towards finance. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's not everything is finance. It doesn't have to be about money. Yeah. Get them engaged. Get them moving. Get them and to to meet each other. To you know the, the warehouse staff. I doubt most of the time in most companies has met the administration. Mm -hmm. Let's have an event where they mingle. Yep. They would feel more valued knowing that they can have that open communication with the administration. We think, you know, we're in the warehouse, we know what problems we're facing. And then when you open that line of communication, you're actually solving a lot mm -hmm. of problems that normally aren't even being communicated at all. Right. Uh, but they also feel valued because they're allowed to give their opinion. They're allowed to, to speak. Mm -hmm. they, you know, they share phone numbers. I can call you. I can send you a message. Yep. And that communication flow is going to streamline your business. Well, and why did why do why does an entrepreneur go into business? They go into business to make money, right? Yeah. Okay. What is their biggest asset? What do they spend the most money on? Their employees. Oh. Why well, are you not raising your employees? No, well, okay, most most of them. So they're looking at it, it's like, and they they take for granted their biggest asset, their employees, and it's like they just want to be seen and respected. That's pretty much a human element across the board, and mm -hmm. it's not going to take you take a lot of money. It just takes somebody who is going to take the time and care, show the compassion, show the empathy. Like I said, walking through the warehouse, I just love it. I love walking through. I go through the office too, but when I go through the warehouse, they probably haven't seen somebody in the office or somebody that truly is acknowledging them. I mean, I, I loved it last last week when I was on site. One of the guys uh, in the warehouse, he saw me, go, he goes, coach, what's up? And he went down and he gave me 10 push-ups. I loved it. I go, dude, you're awesome. He goes, it's my birthday tomorrow. I'll, I'll be 45. I'm like, you rock. And I gave him a high five and stuff. It's like, that is a connection that is there that anybody can have. But you have to slow down and not just be looking your head down in your phone. 
when you're walking to go outside or, or walking the halls, it's like, look up, you've just looked at a computer screen all day. Why aren't you looking at the people? I mean, this is the scenery you want to build and, and have, um, you know, people, how do you make connections? It's just look up, get the ear pods. I mean, a lot of people are either on their phone or they have the ear pods in and they're not making that connection. And that's where technology can be great. can be bad. I mean, it's, you just gotta, anything that has good, it can have bad too. So you just got to balance it. You just got to know when to use it, I think. I mean, for, there, there's, there's a place and a time for everything. And yeah. I mean, if someone's in front of you and, and trying to have a conversation with you, that's not the time to have your earbuds in. So. Right. <laughs> okay. well, and here's another thing. So if you want to practice outside of work, I know we were talking how to build the workforce and employees. Um, and if that feels weird to you at the beginning, you need to get used to it outside of work. Okay. One of the things I do if I go to the grocery store and again, I'd say the person's name. How are you doing today, Joe? You know, and just have a comment. And they're like, they're surprised. But you're learning. You're learning by doing this. And so it's not at work. And you start to say, oh, this is pretty easy to do. Okay. I would say, hey, by the way, what's your favorite candy bar? And they'll look at me like, well, I love the Kit Kat. You know, da, 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 da. And they start talking. I go, cool. And I reach over and I get a Kit Kat. I go, That's for you on your break. That's a random act of kindness, gratitude. And just saying, thank you. I see you. Yeah. So simple to do. A buck. Cost you a dollar. Yeah. And they're just like, wow, somebody saw me. What if you did something like that at work then? You know, you heard somebody yeah. had a situation. They just, you know, they needed something and you just provide it, uh, either a gift card or, you know, we have like a, um, a Starbucks at our, our location. So sometimes you just give a gift card or we have chair massages come out. And so I just drop a gift card. It can be anonymous or you can do it. So they know it doesn't matter. But it's like, wow, I want to talk about building culture and building relationships right there. You can do it at work. You can practice outside of work if you want, if you don't feel comfortable. I know I'm an extrovert. My daughter says I could talk to the wall and have a good conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but just do something and, and, and you'll see it, it empowers you. It makes you feel happy and that joyfulness and the shoulders aren't here anymore. They're here, you know, and they're yeah. back and you're happy and you're smiling. Even if you don't feel like smiling, smile because it's, it's those endorphins are going to bring you good, good vibes. Yeah. Well. Well, it doesn't look like we have any questions, uh, probably due to the LinkedIn not lining up with us. Uh, however, I will re be reposting to LinkedIn in case uh, we missed a couple of people. I'm going to be sharing a link from uh, your book, uh, the Amazon book. Uh, and of course, um, any other useful links that we have in terms of uh, taking care of yourself, uh, taking care of others, uh, workplace, uh, we'll share a link for the rehumanization project. And, uh, of course, if anyone has any questions, they can send it on the, on the comments and either me and Lucy or Lucy could, uh, could follow up. Yeah. And if, if anybody wants to reach me, just go through LinkedIn. That's a great way to reach me. I try to post there, if not every day, every other day. So I give some positive feedback, uh, some resources for people. So feel free to reach out to me. Definitely. Thank you, Lucy. I really appreciate your time. And we will, speaking of, uh, you know, uh, situations at home, my dog just pushed I, open the door and walked in. I heard her, I heard her nails on the thing. <laughs> I love it. Anyways, thank you for uh, your time and have a great evening. Thank you, Leigh. Take care of you. Take care of you.